This is Tim Stewart, the host of Reboot. Today's guest will be Sean Kelly. Sean's going to share a little bit about how the reboot has impacted his life and where he believes his life is going thanks to following the reboot process. So enjoy. This is Tim Stewart, and I am the host of Reboot. Uh, reboot hindsight is always 2020, and this year is 2020. It's the year of looking back to move forward. In the reboot process, reboot is a, a short acronym that says I'm going to recognize I need to make some changes in my life. I'm going to educate myself on how to make those changes, and more importantly, who can help me make them. The B in reboot is about creating a belief system around what I'm doing. The first O is about updating that mental operating system. The second O, yeah, it's orchestrate your life. Stop letting life orchestrate you. And the T in reboot is about testing. Is the reboot working and what uh, adjustments do you need to make to ensure that it's going to be successful? This, this afternoon's guest is a friend of mine and, and one of my clients, Sean Kelly. Uh, so, Sean, you're on the line with me, and uh, you are live on the Reboot Podcast. How are you today, sir? I'm doing well, uh, Coach Papa. How are you? <laughs> it's been a good day. Uh, you know, it, it, every day I wake up, you know, I'm closing in on that uh, 45th anniversary coming up in, a, in just a, a few short weeks where I'll be married to the same amazing woman for 45 years. That's amazing. And you know, along the way, we've had several reboots. Uh, but the good news is, we're still uh, we're still moving, and we're closer today than we've ever been. So, thank you for asking. Uh, what I'd like to start off with here, Sean, is is not really the reboot that we've been we've been going through lately, but I want to just give people a little bit of background about you know where you've come from and how you and I met, and then how we came together again. Uh, you know, a few months ago. So if you give just a little bit of your your history without getting, you know, too in-depth, but, um, you know, how what, how life kind of led you to where you're at right now? Well, it's really simple. Well, um, it was uh, prior to meeting, uh, meeting you, um, I actually came out of a very hard situation uh, myself, Personally, uh, my whole life change, or this whole process, I should say, of change started way back in, uh, on June 5th, 2011. Um, I w- I'm an alcoholic and an addict, but I'm in recovery today. Um, but prior to that, I was a drunkard, and I uh, actually got in a lot of trouble because of my drinking and drug use. Um, on June 5th, 2011, that was the day of my last drinking day. Um, basically, um, I got involved in a car accident that injured two people, and I've been sober since June 6, 2011. Um, spent six years in the penitentiary and turned my life over to Christ and started changing little by little by reading the good word every day and getting myself involved in a 12-step program and spent six years in a penitentiary, came out, and then within three months of getting out, that's when I met, that's when I met you. 
on an yeah, Emmaus retreat. Yeah, we were out on an Emmaus retreat where we learned to see uh, Christ in the face of all the people we meet uh, throughout the course of our day. Uh, the, uh, the exciting thing for me was I remember meeting you and you were just, you were a guy who was on fire and wanted something more out of life and you knew there was something more. And I, I, I offered, you know, I'd love to sit down and have a conversation with you. We had a few short conversations during that weekend that I didn't hear from you for just about two and a half years. Correct. Uh, in that two and a half years, you had cycled up and down a little bit, never went back to drug use or drinking, which I'm very proud of you for. Uh, but about eight months ago, you called me out of the blue. And do you, do you remember that evening? Um, well, yeah. I mean, I was reaching out for help with uh, some personal stuff that I was going through. Uh, mostly mental, and I needed to get my mind straightened out a little bit more. And I just remember you from the Emmaus retreat to the point where you were rock solid on things, and I just needed some, I needed somebody in a difficult time in my life. And uh, you were there, and I thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. And, and I have to say, you were totally coachable right from the beginning. Well, yeah, I mean, that's one thing that I've learned. Sean, you were not even close to coachable right from the beginning. Well, no, but I was, I, I guess it's one of those things where I was still like clogged up with my past stuff and fear and worry and a lot of things. So that's why I reached out to you because I knew that for some reason, God pointed me to say, call Coach Papa to see what's going on. And I would give you a lot of advice, and it went pretty much, um, just, you know, as we talk about honesty, it went in one ear and out the other. And well, yeah. I mean, that's what exactly what happened. Right, and you would call, and you would, you know, you were being extremely... Um, Needy, and then one night, things kind of came to a head. Uh, I've been working with you to quit smoking for quite a while, but, you know, from health concerns, and you would ask me if it was okay if you could have a cigarette, and I would say no, but you would do it anyway. And, <laughs> and this has gone on and on, and then you found the you you found the. Um, inspiration to stop smoking. We won't go into that whole part of it. But you had you'd laid off the cigarettes for almost three weeks. And then you reached out to me and you said, in your honesty, I admire it. You said, I, I slipped today. I had a cigarette. And do you remember what happened throughout the course of that conversation? Yeah, I mean, with that, um, you basically <laughs> didn't want to talk to me for at least a couple of days. I grounded you. Yeah, you grounded me. <laughs> I said, you're grounded. I'm not talking to you for two days. You know, and you were like, oh, no, you can't do that. I'm like, yes, I can. I really had to get a wake-up call going for you. And... And you did. At that point, you said, I am ready. 
And that's what the reboot is all about. If I see some changes in you that I feel you need to make, but you're not ready, those changes aren't going to happen. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter, you know, if you're an alcoholic, if you don't get it, no change is going to happen, no matter what anybody around you says. When you get to the point of self-recognition, which is kind of where we were that night, then uh, some real change can happen. Do you remember some of the feelings you had that night when we, we had those conversations? Well, I remember what, when I was uh, coming back around or well, what? When, when I had uh, I had told you that you were grounded and, and I'm not gonna, we're not going to talk for a couple of days. Well, I got, uh, at first I got like typical of a person who struggles with addiction, got angry, pissed off um, at you when in all actuality, who was I really pissed off at? I was actually pissed off at myself for doing that, you know, but um, I felt almost like um, I had anger. I had fear going on. I had desperation going on. I had um, just a whole bunch of emotions, abandonment I felt and everything else like that. So it was a whole bunch of emotions all compiled up in one thing. Um, let's see if I can find a little bit of that conversation just to bring back some totally horrible memories. Uh, but these, you know, this isn't that I'm trying to take it back there. I want people to really understand uh, where you were in those moments. There was a uh, a, a, a time when when I said, "That's it. We're done. We're done talking." And you said. Where is it? You said, don't give up on me. You said, can yeah, we And I didn't answer you right away. And you said, are you upset with me? And I said, why would I be upset? I told you I had a bunch to do when I got home and very little time to do it. I haven't had my phone with me and I turn off the ringer so I can get stuff done without distractions. I told you how busy I was, and then you said, I'm sorry, could we possibly talk? And then I jumped all over you for this I'm sorry stuff. I'm like, stop that. I don't care if you're sorry. That doesn't mean anything to me. I, I, I want to see you get better. And you, uh, in those moments, I think there was a realization on your part that said, I really have to stop this or I'm going to lose good people. There's another person in your life, you know, I haven't asked his permission to use his name, so I won't, but he had told you some very similar things, that if you keep doing this, I'm not going to be there for you. And I said, if you keep doing this, I'm not going to be there for you. And I think you, you started to come to the realization that I've got to make some changes or I'm going to lose some very important people in my life. I agree. 
so let, let's kind of go into those changes. Uh, and when they really started to take effect, I, I sat down with you and I gave you a, a list of things I wanted you to do for 21 days. Do you remember what that list of things was? Yeah, I can uh, go and grab my book really quick to uh, tell you, know, you briefly. But you don't need to. I know you do because we talked about it earlier today. But the first yeah. one was journal on three or four things new each and every day. Yes, and you told me to journal about things that I should be grateful for uh, every day. Right. And then you, and then you also told me to. Do random, what random acts of kindness did I exhibit that day? Right. And then the third thing is, um, you know, good things that have happened in the past 24 hours. Excellent. Then you told me to go out and exercise and then also get into meditation. So there you go. Now, earlier today you had trouble remembering those and just now you did just fine with it. Um, yeah, well, it's, it, 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 we working on this thing here. It's right in front of me, you know, so I'm reading uh, it. Well, that's perfect. <laughs> uh, and then I had you start texting me when you completed it. So on December 10th of 2019, you texted me, done with day one, day two, day Correct. three, day four. Now I'm going to fast forward up to um, day... 11, day 12. Now, you said done with day 13. Are we still on for Lake County Jail? And that's when we were working on going out to uh, to talk to people. Then you said, good morning, Tim. Merry Christmas Eve. The reason I called you to see if you could borrow some folding chairs. Uh, blah, blah, blah. And then you said, today I'm in the process of working on day 14. Hope you had a great Christmas. Now, the problem with that was you should have been on day 15. You missed a day. Remember that? Yes, I remember that. And I said, I do have the folding chairs. Uh, do you have someone that can bring you over to get them? And then I said, today starts over as day one. When you miss a day, it starts all over. I went on to say, I know because I'm on day two. I had missed a day myself and had to start all over because I, I try to, whenever one of my friends or clients gets started on their 21-day journey, I do it with them. Um, and you're like, what? I really have to do this again? Oh. She said, yeah, we do because we want to get better. That was Christmas Eve 2019. From that day, you made it 26 days and things were going pretty well then something happened do you remember what it was um after 25 i started not doing it as often as i should have been doing <laughs> uh which pretty much comes to not doing it at all or kind of pretty much a little bit of lip service and when I would ask you about it you started going back into some of your old behaviors where you would dance around the question and uh, and then I saw you at men's group at church 
and there was a uh, there was just something in your demeanor that had changed. You had fallen back into some old habits. I agree. <laughs> we went out to coffee, and w let's see. Was I was I nice to you? Was I mean to you? Was I firm with you? How did that conversation go that day? It was. It just seemed like uh, I don't know. More like. Not angry, but disappointed more. <laughs> I think that's kind of you know? a good way to put it, where you had been doing something and it had been working. The reboot had been taking effect. You had had so many positive changes. You were feeling great. And on that day, the one thing you said to me that really told me that something was wrong was, well, I'm just afraid of this, and I won't go into the, the topic. That doesn't matter. But fear had, had, had taken back a hold of you. And when the fear started gripping you, I knew instantly that you had stopped following the reboot program. Yeah, and, um, you know, then I started it up again, and then, you know, I, I started slacking again, you know. And then that's, uh, like, uh, that's when this you know, reboot thing comes, is not working is when fear comes into play. Right. But one thing I am honest with is I'm honest about to myself that I'm in a fearful state. What do I do? I first go to God with it. After I go to God, then I follow with telling people that want me to get better, this is where I'm at. Right. We talked a little bit this morning about the Houston Astros, right? And they they've gotten in some pretty big trouble by stealing signs from the other team, using technology to identify what signs there were and communicating to their batters so the batters knew not only what pitch was coming, but what the location of the pitch was. And, and the batters, man, they were knocking the ball out of the park. They went on to win the World Series. But then the world has accused them of cheating. Well, in this case, when we begin to recognize what's happening to us, when we begin to understand or feel the fear, um, what can we do to combat it? Well, I remember that you gave me some tools when, I, when fear comes into play, and it's really, it's really simple. Um, it's stop, breathe, go to a happy place, then ask yourself a question, how important is the conflict? Right. So let's, let's talk about the happy place for a second because that, that's an important concept that you and I have gone over for quite a while. Uh, this information came from Chuck Inman and Chemical Brain, Brain Freeze. And the whole idea is that when the amygdala feels danger or uh, is alerted to danger, it, it shuts off creative cognitive thinking and puts you in the fight or flight status. The way you combat that is get your body producing dopamine. The dopamine will clear the cortisol out of your neocortex, return you to a calm, creative state. But unless you recognize that there's a problem, you'll never do the things necessary to combat it. And you know, you've, in order to create the dopamine there in that step three, the happy place, it has to be a specific happy memory that you can go to. You know, just like the faves on your phone or the, 
you know, the bookmarks you put on your websites you want to go back to. This happy memory has to be tagged so that whenever you go back to that moment, your body starts creating dopamine and helps you return to a calm state. Uh, you picked a specific moment in your life. What, what moment is that? Can you tell us how that made you feel? Well, I remember when I got my Eagle Scout and Boy Scouts. Um, it was a very proud moment for me. It was something that took a lot of work to accomplish. Um, I remember being at my court of honor and seeing my whole scout troop. And actually one of my friends who was a neighbor that lived down the street from me, who was in scouts with me, also received the Eagle Award, Eagle uh, rank of Eagle in Boy Scouts the same evening I did too. And I remember um, just going through the ceremony and part of the ceremony was putting a uh, pin of an eagle on my mom's like shirt and then posing for pictures afterwards. Do you remember looking into your mom's eyes when you, you put that uh, pin on her lapel? And I'm yeah, I remember, like, uh, my mom was so happy, you know. Yeah. She knew, like, I, because sure, and <laughs> it's an interesting thing that happened the week after, I mean, the following weekend, but that's a different story. <laughs> well, remember, we're but, not going there. We're focused on this it, one happy memory. Oh, yeah, the uh, happy memory, sorry. Um, yeah, I remember, you know, the... You know, the joy that my mom had and how proud she was. And, you know, it's kind of interesting. I forgot to mention to you, they actually had a cake for me and my friend Kenny that got our eagle that night. So they had, like, dinner. I remember that now, that there was a dinner, there was everything, and cake afterwards with our names on it. Nice. But the important part here is having that specific memory with specific details because that is what's going to help you get over these challenges. So the commitment going forward uh, from today, what is our commitment going forward that's going to help this reboot continue to take uh, effect in your life? Well, it's, it's just having the discipline of carrying around a notebook everywhere I go. You know, and when I have gratitude, you know, journal about it. Well, and, and let's when, talk uh, about that, because one of the things that you had suggested, suggested this morning, and I think you've kind of alluded to it in the past, but today we had a really good conversation on it, is that is, you know, sometimes you struggle with short-term memory. And Yeah, I mean, that's one of my faults. Like, sometimes I don't, yeah, even remember conversations that I had, like, 20 minutes ago, you know. So having that journal with you all the time gives you the chance to to jot it down, to write it down. And, you know, what a sign of respect to someone to say, hey, what you said was really important. I wanna, I'm going to write this in my journal. It's going to help you remember it, and it's going to make the person you're taking it out with feel good about it, too. I agree. Um, so as we, uh, as we start to wrap up here, uh, I want you to just kind of talk about the reboot it's not it's not perfect but how has it made you feel and what are some of the the positive outcomes that have happened for you when you're actively uh, 
following the reboot process? Well, when I'm following the reboot process, um, I'm a lot more happier. I'm a lot more serene. Um, the problems that or the issues that I have storming my mind are a lot lessened. Um, I'm not, um, how can I say, picking up the phone all the time and calling somebody, you know. I've been able to sit with it and go to God with it and say, thy will be done, you know. And and actually, I've had to call you sometimes to make sure you're okay because you haven't called me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to really, really work this reboot, you know, I want to see it, you know, and see if I can, you know, fly by myself for a little bit, you know. Well, I think you're doing a great job with it. I've, uh, you know, I've, I've witnessed you. You asked me to go with you to, to talk to, to somebody the other day. And I'm like, no, Sean, you're strong enough now to do this stuff on your own. And you are. And I, I'm really proud of you. And it's been a joy just watching you get stronger and better each and every day. Uh, but I do recognize when when you're not adhering to the program. So I just uh, ask you to make sure that when you get to those days, you are picking up the phone so I can be there in, in your moment of need. Well, yeah, I mean, that's very important for me. At least I'm reaching out for help, you know, instead of doing it, you know, myself when I, you know, still have the tools and whatever, I'm not so prideful to the point where I, number one, run away from it and, um, you know, I don't run away from it. I try to face it on head on. And if I have to call out to people, I have to call out to people. At least I'm picking up a phone and I'm not um, picking up what I used to do. <laughs> Amen. So. Well, and, and the cool thing about that is you, that's way behind you. And I think you recognize that that's a place you can never go again. Um, so no, I mean it's 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 not an option anymore, no. you know. But picking up the phone and telling people honestly where I'm at and exactly wh- how I feel, et cetera, that uh, that takes a lot of guts. <laughs> so as we uh, as I go ahead and close down here, I'd just like to say if if you've ever had the, the feelings kind of like where Sean has been here, if you'd like to get a reboot going in your life feel free to reach out to me either through uh, a message from this podcast or you can you can just reach me at, at Tim, my first name, at coachpapa.com. Shoot me an email, Tim, at coachpapa.com uh, or email the, the, the podcast, which is g4happinesscoach, the letter G, the number four, happinesscoach at gmail.com. And that, that, you know, I'd love to have a conversation and, and help you find some of the success that Sean is living and experiencing right now. Um, any last words for the greater good, Sean? Well, I just hope that people do pick up this uh, reboot process because it does work when you work it. Amen. Sounds like another program. So at this point, uh, my name is Tim Stewart. I am Coach Papa, and I do approve this message. Now get off the bench and get back in the game. God bless. Travel safe. God bless.